back to Thoughts on Theology with Vicar Andrew and myself, Pastor Martin. So blessed to be going through this book, Called to Believe, uh, together as we look throughout the colloquy process. And also we get to share that with, uh, with everyone else in our congregation as we get to learn a little bit more about what it means to be a Lutheran, what it means uh, to believe in this great Christian doctrine that we, uh, that we hold so dearly. And today we're looking at uh, the chapter about sin. So this is chapter 7, Sin. And everyone's favorite topic is, of course, sin. Yes, right. definitely something to, to pick up your spirits, uh, you know, just some light reading if you want to get into something. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is definitely the topic to jump into Christian theology with. You know, it's really hope-filled, if you will. Sure. Yeah. Well, it, you know, it's funny because, like, yes and no. Right. Uh, because you need this doctrine of sin in order to fully comprehend the doctrine of salvation. Mm -hmm. You said it a few times already yep. that uh, I can't remember how it's like. You, you can only go up as much as you go down, yes. right? If you experience the grace, you have to understand that you are in need of that grace. And so if you have a shallow understanding of sin, you have a shallow understanding of grace. And so we need to be aware of and understand that we are so in need of grace because our sin is so... Uh, I mean, the chapter talks about it. We are so inclined to sin. It is in our nature. It is very our very being towards uh, sin. And so we need that grace that is all-encompassing and so beautiful. But you only understand that when you understand our sin. Exactly. So let's talk about sin. And really, um, as, as Christians, we believe that sin is just it's a piece of yes. us. Uh, but we would not even distinguish between different kinds of sin. I mean, if our, our Catholic friends, they would call them uh, venial sins or mortal sins. And uh, Luther famously said, yeah, everything's mortal sin. Right. Uh, <laughs> everything is going to be worth death or punished, punishable yes. by death because it's breaking God's law. Mm -hmm. uh, but we would distinguish between something like original sin, yeah. and this is a, a weird term which we'll talk about, actual sin mm -hmm. uh, but first before we get to to the actual sin conversation let's talk about the fall let's talk about original sin yeah yeah so where does this all come from uh if and whose fault is it after all right right good good question <laughs> so uh you know if god created the heavens and the earth and it was all good and he sees all of this and he says that is very good. So what happened between very good and the world that we now see and inherit that isn't really very good? Uh, not good at all. <laughs> right, right. The thistles and the thorns and the fallen nature of the world. And so there was that, that first moment, that first uh, time when we as humans used our free will uh, to sin. Uh, that moment where uh, Eve was tempted in the garden by the devil that fruit that looks so tasty just just take and eat of that did did god really say did, did god really say you could eat of any why, why, why not this one uh and so that first uh first moment where sin entered into this very good creation and that was the original sin that affects all the rest of creation and all the rest of us as humans the descendants of adam and eve right so in when in the fall we see the sin of, of really uh, doubting God's mm. word, misrepresenting God's word, mm -hmm. and then finally acting in opposition to mm -hmm. God's word. So we have this sin of thought and of word and of deed. 
Mm-hmm. So the That's thought yeah. is, you know, here's here's Adam and Eve. And I'm going to include both of them because it says very yes. clearly in Genesis chapter 3 that the man was right there with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Eve is the, the protagonist here who, uh, who sees this and who is spoken of. So Eve hears this temptation from mm-hmm. uh, from the from the serpent did god really say and there's immediately this free will choice of hers uh, to to doubt that mm-hmm. well let's actually ask the question did he say mm-hmm. is he really for my good mm-hmm. is he really my benevolent creator does he really want your best interests at heart he wouldn't keep anything away from you that's really good Right. Yeah. And then she misrepresents those words by adding on to the command. Right. If you look at the text in Genesis 3, it's, <clears throat> no, uh, we can't, it, we will not surely die, uh, but we must not eat from this tree or even touch it. And they, mm-hmm. whoa, 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 God, you're adding on to, mm-hmm. to God's word here a little bit. It's, it's subtle, but it's still a misrepresentation of, of our God's actual command. Right, and then finally you have the action uh, that temptation produces sin, and that sin produces inevitably death. And so Adam and Eve both eat of the fruit, and guilt mm-hmm. enters into the world. And this, because they are our ancestors, everyone else has also inherited that same uh, wrong choice, and so. Oftentimes we talk about free will. Even today we talk about, you know, well, you know, you have the will, you have the choice between doing good and doing bad. And it's like, kind of. Yeah. Uh, Adam and Eve, they had the full free choice mm-hmm. of good and bad, and they chose poorly. Mm-hmm. Now, we all have, all of humanity has then had what we would call a fallen will. Mm-hmm. So it's no longer uh, that we just have this, 50-50 split between the desire for good and the desire for bad. Mm-hmm. Instead, in our in our natural state, we would say that we have a a uh, predisposition towards choosing evil, an inability to do what is commanded of us mm-hmm. on our own. Of our just total, our free will is the inclination, the predisposition towards the sin. Right. We mm-hmm. call that original sin mm-hmm. uh, in the creeds, not creeds, uh, in the <clears throat> Augsburg Confession, the Confessions, they talk about it as concupiscence, uh, which is a mouthful. Big word, yes. Big word, but it means this that predisposition towards choosing evil. Our mm-hmm. natural state, um, if you're given the choice between a steak and a salad, we're always going to choose the, the, the thing that is, well, for me, it would always be steak. But right? it'd be the steak, yeah. But for <laughs> others. Yeah. But in the spiritual sense, or given the choice between righteousness and sinfulness, we always naturally mm-hmm. choose sinfulness. Uh, and that original sin, that concupiscence, is part of what this, the Spirit does in working faith in us to bring that back some. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are forgiven of that and also freed, kind of, mm-hmm. to be able to now see God's choice and also still wrestle with that sin. Uh, so now, as Christians who have the dwelling of the Holy Spirit inside of us, we still have a, we have like a semi-free will. Mm-hmm. We're still 
desiring that sinfulness, but the Spirit and through his power allows us now to, to also see and to choose what God would see, say is pleasing and according to his good mm-hmm. and perfect will. There's a continual wrestling there. Yeah. But there is that moment where it's just like, oh, well, more of God, yes, less of me, and so I want to tend towards not my will, but thy will be done. Exactly. Yeah. And then finally, when we come into the full new creation, mm-hmm. uh, when Christ comes again in glory and sets all things right, that's when... Uh, we have a glorified will. Mm-hmm. So now it's, it's that temptation, that concupiscence, that, uh, that original sinful desire within mm-hmm. us is completely drowned and, and, and done away with. Mm-hmm. Whereas today, uh, Luther talks about this a lot. He talks about daily drowning the old Adam, yeah. uh, that, that original sin within us. So, yeah. Yeah. Original sin. Original sin. <laughs> it's a, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a lot to, it's a lot to take in for sure. Yeah. But uh, this, it's hereditary. That's, you know, I'm trying to look at some of the things sure. in the book we Passed down about from this. parents to children for generations to generations. And we even inherit it and our kids inherit that sin as well, just through our, that original sin. Sure. Right. And that, one other piece on, on the original sin concept, and that's between uh, guilt and shame that they mention on page 106 and 107. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we have a, we use those interchangeably. Uh-huh. But like guilt is the condition in w- that we are. We are guilty, guilty of something. Of something. Yes. Whether or not we feel bad about mm-hmm. it or not, we still are objectively guilty of sin. Mm-hmm. Shame, on the other hand, comes from the knowledge of our guilt mm-hmm. and it, it's a it's kind of like splitting hairs I suppose but uh, the distinction is kind of valuable for us because Christ sets us free of both things mm-hmm. guilt the objective state now objectively we are redeemed reconciled restored mm-hmm. and our shame that knowledge of guilt we say ah this has been paid for and now my knowledge is not just that I was sinful, but now that I'm also saved. Mm-hmm. And so to see both of those as something that Christ came to die for mm-hmm. and to save us from. But I think the shame is really important because if we don't feel the shame, then we don't understand that we are in a sinful state. And so the, the shame is what actually allows us to understand that we are guilty of something. And so it helps us recognize that we are a sinner in need of that salvation. And so I think... I think both of them are, are really necessary to understand, and especially that, that shame which helps us is that first kind of uh, note to, hey, there's something wrong here. You are guilty of something. You tend towards sin, but without it, we, you know, we'd be a, a fish in water and not understand that we're in water, I think right. is kind of how, it, how I, I saw that little discussion. Yeah. Okay, so that's original sin. Mm-hmm. We have this innately within us. But then we, all, we have what the, the book is going to call, and Lutheran doctrine typically calls, actual sin. And mm-hmm. it, like on its face, it looks like, well, wait, so original sin is not actually sin. Like, no, no, no. It is. What I mean, actual, I yeah. mean, it's actioned sin. Yeah. It's sin that has now taken action. Mm-hmm. Um, or and perhaps even inaction. So here we would incorporate sins of commission and mm-hmm. sins of omission. So the bad stuff that we shouldn't do and the good stuff that we don't do. 
I thought of it like it is our actual sin, right? That, that we either work with or don't work with God in doing certain things, and that's our actual sin. Yes, we inherit the uh, original sin, but the actual sin is more ours. Is that a correct understanding or yeah, nuance you, there? That's both, yeah. So original sin is still, it's still ours, right? right? It still it describes us. And is, our state. Yes, it's uh, our yeah, state. Yeah. So it's not less ours than it was Adam's. The action, the actual sin are things that um, like Adam didn't do, but you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, other, other Christians or other sinners have done this, uh, but you haven't. Well, that, they have an actual sin that you haven't had. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're all guilty of mm-hmm. both original and actioned out sin mm-hmm. so it's stuff that's in your in your particular life that may not be in mine or may not be in other people's but is in yours or is in mine and not others mm-hmm. so yes yeah uh, the, I I typically try to I, I like the way that they it's <clears throat> uh, as the name implies actual sin has to do with sinful acts it's mm-hmm. actioned out it is done mm-hmm. and it's ex- distinguished from the sinful state or nature, and so that's that's page one oh nine. Yeah. Oh, it even says there. I underlined it. Actual sins are a product of original sin. Yeah. But sinful actions are the natural fruit of sinful people. Just like we have that original sin, we we uh, live into it. Just as bad apples are the natural product of a diseased tree. So, yeah. Yeah. So, it's, it's the sin that we see mm-hmm. in our lives. Mm-hmm. And that sin is, like I said, either something bad that we shouldn't have done but did, mm-hmm. or something good that we should have done but refrained from. Mm-hmm. And For so, sure. uh, I, I really like this definition that they give of sin mm-hmm. uh, at the bottom of that page. What exactly does this mean? Apostle John provides a concise and readily grasped definition sin is lawlessness. Yeah. And the reason why I think that's so and not cool, because, you know, it's mm-hmm. not cool, but yeah. uh, appropriate mm-hmm. is because what laws are we breaking when we sin? We're breaking the divine law of God. Mm-hmm. And so it means that whenever I do something wrong, I not only have broken the way God created me to live, I'm not only broken you know, and hurt other people around me. Mm-hmm. But the reason why we would say all sin is against God is because he has set up, this is the way that you are to be. You have not done that. Mm-hmm. You have not been this. Mm-hmm. And that takes so many different forms. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes people will say like, well, you know, it's not hurting anybody. Mm-hmm. And that's totally not true. Yeah. Because... And even regardless, even if it was like a, a secret sin that I, you know, I did myself and no one else was privy to it and see, it didn't do anything. Right. It's like walking across the street, the jaywalking, whatever. It's okay. still, I know that's, you know. But sure. Yeah. It, it you know, it didn't affect anyone else. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, but this was the objective law. Yes, this was the standard. Yeah. called you to mm-hmm. be in and you were not that. Mm-hmm. It is a breaking of this law. Mm-hmm. So regardless of what you foresee as the consequences, it's still this. Mm-hmm. And that leads us to a really big question that 
we often talk about, uh, is all sin equal? Mm. I want to go back to just like sure. the definition of sin for just two seconds, because yeah. the way that I've kind of understood it, and you know, help correct me if I'm wrong, but is more is uh, breaking relationships. So breaking relationship with God or with other people, and so that is really sin. And you know, you're breaking the relationship with God by breaking those laws and everything. But God wants to be in a relationship with you. But if you sin, there is a break in that relationship. There is a, a natural. Uh, tendency to distance yourself from God, just like Adam and Eve, whenever they broke the, or broke the law and ate of the fruit, they broke the relationship and hid from him. Uh, and so the same thing that we break relationships with people around us, when we sin against them, when we gossip against them, when we lie, or when we have hatred in our heart, there's a breaking of a relationship, uh, you know, because God wants to be in a relationship with his creation. Uh, and so that's, that's kind of how I've explained it, how I've understood it in a little bit of a way. And I don't, yeah. No, I, I appreciate the relational uh, verbiage there. Mm-hmm. That's, that's appropriate. Uh, yeah, typically I talk about uh, God as the, the source of law, the mm-hmm. source of, you know, if, if he is the supreme, if mm-hmm. he is the, the, the ruler of all things, mm-hmm. he's the king, you're the, ser- the servant, yep. then and you do something the king says, you not a dead, you shouldn't have did that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's... There's a penalty. There's a penalty yeah. to be paid. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, but the relationship piece is really important because, I mean, that's exactly what God created us for is mm-hmm. to glorify his name, to mm-hmm. be in that in that relationship with him. That's why he sends Jesus is to restore that relationship. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I think both analogies work really well. Mm-hmm. Um, it just depends on whatever strikes Sure, yeah. You know, it's the preference, not the... A problem. A problem. <laughs> it's not yeah. a problem, it's just the difference in preference. For sure. Yeah, okay, I just wanted to make sure that no. I was not totally off the mark. So. No, I mean, certainly relationship is, is an important... is an important part of of the, the sin breaking this relationship. I mean, Second Corinthians, all over the place, mm-hmm. that God is the God of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. His whole thing is restoring mm-hmm. broken relationships. Mm-hmm. And specifically... A broken relationship between God and man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's like the coming glorification, right? That is what Jesus reveals to us, even you know, in Ascension Sunday that we just talked about. That we will be in heaven. We will have this moment of the coming glory. We'll be will where we will be in perfect relationship with both God and with others. And so that's that that future hope that we have when sins no more. So, yeah, yeah. But you did ask a really good question about, is, is all sin equal? Yeah. Uh, and the answer is like, <laughs> yes, no, kind yes, of? kind of, maybe. <laughs> I think it's a yes and a no. Well, there's other questions you have to ask when you ask the question of, is all sin equal? Is like, is it equal in the eyes of God? Is it equal in the eyes of man? Or who Who's hurt in that? There's, I don't know. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, we have to ask the follow-up question, what does this mean? Which I was like, oh, oh. that's a good Lutheran question. Oh, gosh. Okay. Sure, sure. But that is the appropriate question to ask. Yeah. What do you mean all sins? What do you mean equal? Uh-huh. And according to who? Mm-hmm. Because we would say um, on the human side of things, mm-hmm. no, no, all sins are not equal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the if you lie to your kid about 
what you're Saying doing is okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you lie to your kid about something, yeah, sure. uh, then that is that's a harmless thing. Sure. You know, it's a harmless thing. Of course, it's not. You would not consider that in any case equal to you know murdering someone. Yes. You know, yes. It's ridiculous to even compare the two. Um, Those sins are not equal. Those sins are not yes. all equal in, in terms the, of their consequence, in terms of the punishment, mm-hmm. in terms of, of anything. Um, so according to human law, our mm-hmm. perspective, we would say definitely a difference of degree mm-hmm. here. Um, as opposed to maybe in the, in the eyes of God, mm-hmm. he would say, again, I go back to that. This is the objective standard that's mm-hmm. been set for you. This is and the you've rule. Broken that, and you yes. did this instead. Yes. And so you, it's the um, it's the sliding glass door mm-hmm. analogy, right? So um, walk with me here. Sure. Uh, the sliding glass door. If you're in the groove, it's super smooth. It's easy to go in and out. But the okay. sl- if any part of that door is out of the groove, uh-huh. then it's a wrestling the entire way, right? You can't okay. operate the way you're supposed to. Sure. You have this one defined way yes. that you are supposed to operate. This is the standard yes. with which, yes. And if we move by a degree, we're uh-huh. out of that standard and therefore not operating the way God has intended us to. Mm-hmm. So for him, mm-hmm. all sin creates a very hard to open mm-hmm. door, creates hardened hearts, creates Broken relationships. Broken relationships. So for God, it's like a sin is sin, and it's all damnable. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, But I'll I'll read this. Uh, This is on the bottom of page 111. Mm -hmm. I underlined a lot of this because I was like, oh, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the question of whether all sins are equal can only be answered with a yes and a no. Mm-hmm. Within the context of this temporal temporal life and our relationship with the rest of humanity, sins must be judged unequal and addressed individually. But within the context of eternal life and our relationship with the Creator and Redeemer, we dare not attempt to downplay the significance of even the most minor transgression. Mm-hmm. So for one, the answer is mm-hmm. no, not all things are equal. Mm-hmm. And the answer to the other is Yes, all mm-hmm. sins are equal. So, a question that I that I have that I've I've thought about, like the sin of unbelief, I think is the one that just all sins are redeemable, right? Mm-hmm. All sins you can wash away from, but what, like that's that's kind of I struggle with that one. Like the the sin of unbelief, I think is the one that just okay, you're kind of outside the the realm, right? That's the one that how how can God forgive that. What what does God do kind of in that situation? I think that's that's one that I've wrestled with in a little bit. Right. The the one unforgivable sin. Right. Right. The the one thing that's going to damn you. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, that's a bigger conversation because there are plenty of theologians who would say that uh, blasphemy in the Holy Spirit uh, was a thing that could only be done in that context at that time. Right. Mm-hmm. So you have. Jesus in the flesh speaking to you, and you're a Pharisee, and you say, you are from Satan. Mm -hmm. And that would be a, whoa, you are blaspheming the Holy Spirit in a way that really today we couldn't do, because Mm -hmm. Jesus is not physically right here with us. And so there might be 
that's that's a whole other argument okay. for another issue. But typically, we would mm-hmm. say for us today, the unforgivable thing, the thing that uh, is not going to be, um, at least in the end, is not going to be uh, forgiven, is the unbelief. Because what you're mm-hmm. doing is you're saying, I don't need or want your grace. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's always going to put you at opposition with receiving the thing that's, that offers forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So uh, another terrible analogy. Um, if you're on the boat and the boat's sinking, mm-hmm. the one thing that's going to keep you sinking is not taking the uh, the life preserver. Life preserver. Yeah, you know that's the one thing that's going to mm-hmm. you, you can once you take the life preserver and you're still swimming the other way. Like okay, that's going to make you're going to tire yourself out. You're going to mm-hmm. be flailing or whatever. Going the wrong way. Sure. You know? But you're not on a sinking ship. You're still you're still floating. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's the one thing that's going to keep you from set from being saved is saying no. I don't want your saving work of life preserving mm-hmm. of life preserver hmm. so that's the way that we would say that but <clears throat> people today and, and this is just a good pastoral care piece is people will come and say you know pastor i i, I doubted you know i don't mm-hmm. know if i believe i don't know maybe i've have i have i committed the sin of unbelief and i would say if you're asking the question mm-hmm. then you haven't committed it mm-hmm. um and besides that, we know that there are people who will spend their entire lives in this unbelief in the, at their deathbed. Mm-hmm. You know, confess Christ as Lord and then call out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is exactly the parable of the, of the workers in the vineyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the, the person who, not vineyard, in the field, different parable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but where the, you know, people are, are called to the, uh, to the mission field an hour before it mm-hmm. closes, you know? All day long, yeah. Versus the folks who are there all day long, and they mm-hmm. get the same reward. Mm-hmm. And so that unbelief is only damnable mm-hmm. when it is carried on into, into mm-hmm. the end. Does that? No, that's good. That's good. Okay. I think there's a lot of other, you know, we could get really in the weeds with that of, like, what does it look like to actually profess Christ is Lord, and what does it look like to change your life and to live in such accordance with with God? But yeah, for for well, yeah. and we're gonna get there. Yeah, when we get into justification and sanctification in this mm-hmm. book because we need to wrestle with that mm-hmm. in a big way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's that's a crucial question for us. Mm-hmm. So we'll have that discussion. Yeah, as we read, that's on. what I kind of figured, but had to ask that question. So yep, yep. Okay. Onward uh, Mm -hmm. in our conversation of sin. So, uh, the cause of sin is kind of where the book finishes out. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's the cause of sin? How how is it caused uh, by these different Mm. entities? And what is not the cause of sin? It's not. Yeah, yeah. So, first of all, what's the cause of sin? Well, uh, the book says there are three causes. Uh, We have... Satan, the world, and our flesh itself. Uh, and I think we don't talk enough about the first two. I don't think we talk enough about the sin that Satan prompts us to or the sin of this world. Uh, I think that we have a high understanding of our sin, right? That our sin is 
uh, or our flesh is tending towards sin, right? We talked about that earlier, but I don't think we talk enough about that there are influences in this world that influence us towards sin. Uh, and I think we can see entire people groups that are tending towards sin. And so, you know, Satan is at work in this world. And so I think there are times when we don't want to over-spiritualize everything. Right? Mm-hmm. We, we don't want to make everything, oh, well, I'm just being tempted by the devil. But I think there are times where we need to recognize more that there are things in this world that are greater than just the flesh and bone of this world, that we are in a spiritual battle. And so how do we recognize that and also fight against it well? Uh, And so I think that we have to be understanding and be aware that there are other causes of sin than just our sinful nature. And so I think that's, I'm glad they they pointed that out. Uh, There's an internal cause mm -hmm. and there's an external cause or two Mm -hmm. external causes. Mm Mm-hmm. And typically the two external kind of work together, mm-hmm. right? So you have Satan who is, according to uh, was it Romans or Ephesians, uh, is the ruler, uh, Ephesians mm-hmm. chapter 2, uh, who is the ruler of this, uh, this general kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's in control of a lot of the things that are going on uh, in our world, mm-hmm. <clears throat> specifically the influence of uh, what does the world value, Right, mm-hmm. and so the two are kind of hard to separate, mm-hmm. other than one is an unseen enemy and one is a seen enemy. Mm-hmm. Both are external mm-hmm. uh, from us. But yeah, the the, interesting. Yeah. the external piece of it, it's not abnormal to see that in scripture. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. You you have Satan appearing in different ways, and and. What's the old line from uh, the from the Usual Suspects? You remember that movie? You haven't seen that? Uh, okay, no. so maybe not appropriate <laughs> for the podcast. Okay, <laughs> but in it, there's one line. It's the, the greatest trick the devil ever ever pulled was mm. convincing the world that he didn't exist. I didn't know it was from that, but I know the line. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, but that idea is despiritualizing everything, everything, so that there is no you know, spiritual world at all. All we have is this natural, we can touch, feel, and test. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it kind of, it, it drives us into a place where ooh, that's kind of dangerous for us because mm-hmm. we don't recognize Satan's work in the background. But like you said, it's really dangerous also to over-spiritualize yes. everything. over-spiritualize everything. Exactly. Yeah. So how do we recognize Satan in this world? Well, uh, typically, according to scripture, at least, in like First John and First and Second Thessalonians, it's going to be where Christ's words are not spoken truthfully. Hmm. So, false teachers is a huge piece. That Interesting, because the devil is the deceiver, right? Father of lies. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And so, why does Paul write to Timothy so often and say, "Keep your doctrine pure"? Yeah. You know, why does he tell you? Why does he tell us? over and over again to preach the word, um, to guard everything carefully. Yeah. It's so that we're not falling into the deceiver's lines. Because yes. that's exactly where Satan's going to go. He's going to try to deceive the sheep, the, the Christians. Uh, by And how does he do it with Christ? Well, he uses scripture against him. Right. And he just uses it out of context, out of place. Uh-huh. And well, it's the same thing he used to Adam and Eve. Did God really say, right? It's taking the, the good 
words, the law, the whatever it might be, the standard, the, the good standard that God has and just twisting it, right? Mm-hmm. Deceiving, using those lies. Well, does God really want you to be happy? Well, God, God really is, is of love. And so it's, it's that twisting of what you're saying, the, the true and pure theology or doctrine. Right. That's interesting. That's why uh, this is especially maybe true of, it's, it's true certainly of Lutherans. And that mm-hmm. is, we really, really want to protect the doctrine because mm-hmm. that's where we see the enemy attacking even within the church mm-hmm. around us mm-hmm. uh, the the world uh, this is one where we sometimes get a little uh, off base with because sometimes we imagine that ah well the those people over there mm-hmm. they must be the enemy and it's like Ooh. the us and them yeah that's where we say no 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 um, those are captives uh-huh. uh, that need saving yeah and they need this word of truth and love. Mm-hmm. They need that. But those people over there uh, are not necessarily the enemy, but they are promoting enemy beliefs or enemy yeah. agendas. Yeah. So how do you treat them as ones to be saved and yet also ones to be corrected? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the real trick for us. Because Ephesians is very clear. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. Right. Who is our true enemy, right? It's not the other person, but it, it might be the their mentality, their system of belief that they have for the longest time. It might be showing and sharing how their belief system is a little incorrect, but how do you do that with grace and truth? And so that's that's the... Well, like what First Peter says, with gentleness and respect. Yeah. Because uh, it's the... We read this the other day, um, the difference between the command... Uh, if, a, if there's the the army and they're saying the commander says, "Hey, mm. I want you to go and yes. destroy the. I want you to go and take over the airfield." Yes. Versus, I want you to go and take over the airfield so we can use it. Yes. Right. The difference there is massive mm-hmm. because on the one side, like, well, I, I'm gonna you know bomb it all, bomb it all, destroy yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. The other is I need to preserve as much as I can mm-hmm. because that's going to be useful for us. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. when we see other people who mm-hmm. are standing opposed to Christ, mm-hmm. we need to be the folks that are taking over the airfield so that we can use it. Because mm-hmm. Christ came to save and to love those people. Mm-hmm. And so that's where sometimes we get a little uh, overzealous yeah. when we talk about the enemy that is the world. Yes. Yeah. Because um, it turns into the us versus them. Yes. And that's, that's a dangerous place to be. Oh, I, I have to admit my sin in that regard. You know, it's All very easy. Yeah, it's very easy because uh, we are, uh, in a lot of ways, tribal. And so we like to put our tribe against their tribe. And we think that our tribe is always the one that's correct. And sometimes you can be right in the wrong way. So, mm. yeah. Okay. So, mm-hmm. the one person we would yes. say is not the cause of sin. God. God. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I see this all the time, like on a YouTube thing, and you've got these folks that are saying, uh, that, you know, they're the atheists who are saying, <clears throat> you know, how could God create a world in which exists such evil? And I would never believe yes. in such a terrible God. And blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And it's like you are putting placing the blame on the one being yes. that's not to blame. Yeah. Because while he created all things he Mm -hmm. doesn't create evil instead it's kind of like the same thing the dark uh, light versus darkness right Mm -hmm. yeah is there such a thing as darkness oops not really yeah not really it's just light and then the absence absence. Mm -hmm. right and so 
what's evil? It's the absence of God's goodness. Mm -hmm. And so there's evil in this world. Why? Well, because we've chosen to separate ourselves from the mm -hmm. God of goodness. Mm -hmm. And that's where we receive sin. So it's, mm -hmm. it's not that God just, you know, I'll say like, yeah, I'm going to throw this you know, evil in there too. Like, no, he's the loving, benevolent God who comes to, yeah. to save us from that, to shine his light mm -hmm. on to our darkness. Uh, so it's always important for us to yes. know that he is not the one to blame for our sin, mm -hmm. but he's the one that we should repent to mm -hmm. and ask for his saving. Mm -hmm. To understand that we do have do we that we do have sin and he's the one person that can forgive that sin and to yeah. take it away from us. So Absolutely. Yeah. Give him all the praise and glory. Well, that's a lot about sin. That's a lot. That was <laughs> it was a good chapter. Yeah. It was good to walk through and to understand the kind of the nuances between uh the causes and the different uh, original and actual sin, but and that'll do it for today. Join us next time. We'll talk about our Savior, Jesus Christ. We'll see you then.